You can learn a lot by listening to people. Someday you will be surprised by another opportunity. Just keep your eyes and ears open for it. You never lose friends. You only make more. Welcome to Episode 4 of Elder Wisdom, Stories from the Green Bench. This podcast explores everything. There's friendship, love, life, learning, passion, hobbies, tragedy, and triumph. Just everything told by older adults. I'm your host for this bi-weekly podcast, and my name is Erin Davis. It's so good to have you listening today. Podcasting is a relatively new thing to many, but storytelling is as old as time. It's what I loved all those years in radio in Toronto, but now I get to share the stories of those who have a lifetime of them to tell. You've met my co-host, right? He's lovely. Lloyd Hetherington is 85, a husband, father, and grandfather, a retired teacher and a missionary. And like so many fellow seniors at Schlegel Village's retirement and long-term care homes in Ontario, Lloyd has a lot of wisdom to share and, yes, questions to ask. Lloyd joins us again here today. So, what is the Green Bench? I'm glad you asked. The Green Bench is a symbol of elder wisdom. Physically or virtually, the bench invites us all to sit alongside a senior, share a conversation or give and offer advice. It challenges the stigma seniors face, the ageism that is so prevalent in our society. And it reminds us of the wealth of wisdom our elders offer, and in doing so, helps restore them to a place of reverence. Today, we welcome to our place, Louise Joliffe. Louise calls one of the Schlegel villages in Windsor home, and she's lived a life like so many of her neighbors. She worked, not without big disappointments. They were just a product of her time. She retired, and she and her husband found a whole new life, making dreams come true and stitching together memories for us here today. Louise, it is so wonderful to have you with us here today, sitting on the green bench, sharing your wisdom and your stories. And uh, we're going to get into a different facet of your life in just a little bit with the hobbies that you've chosen, because everything old is new again in 2020 and 2021. And I look forward to that. But right now, I'd like to uh, hop back into your past a little bit and who you were, what you did in your working life. Well, I worked for over 40 years and uh, loved it. I loved going to work. I started out um, at $8 a week in the small manufacturing company. Uh, It was small, and my wages were very small. 8.30 to 5.30, and Saturday, 8.30 to 1. And I got an 8 dollar check. <laughs> wow. Uh, I went from there to uh, men's fraternal organization and we just kept track of the, track of the uh, people paying their uh, life insurance and uh, that was $11 a week. Then I went to an insurance, no, accounting. I wanted to learn more about counting and I did there. His name was Len. He was a very, very nice person. 
I think it's incredible that you were making in a week just over half of what someone on minimum wage in Ontario today makes in an hour. And did you work because you felt that you had to contribute to the family, Louise, or were you doing it because it fulfilled you? Set us up with why you worked. Most times you worked because uh, you needed the money to pay your debts. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't ever make a lot of money. Uh, I worked for an accountant. I worked for a collection agency. Uh, then I went to uh, Windsor and I worked for this construction. He was in construction. And uh, he's the one that, when he found out I was pregnant, he just fired me on the spot. That had never happened to me before. Wow. Now, I have heard of this happening in terms of women who hid their pregnancies as long as they could because they knew that they would be shown the door Mm -hmm. if indeed they were expecting. What were the circumstances there? Did he give you any reason? Like, did he think that somehow you couldn't perform your duties? Or what was the reason that he gave you, Louise? Or what year was this? And did he even have to give you a reason? This was about 19... 48 mm-hmm. in yeah. there. Uh, he didn't give me any reason except no pregnant woman is going to work for me. Wow. Goodbye. Uh, it was very typical of that time that the married woman had a tough enough time getting a job and the pregnant woman just didn't have a job at all. No. I went from there to a furrier, but I knew that I was only going to work for a while. But we are now in debt with the house. (laughs) I worked most of my married life and enjoyed it. It seems, I don't know, just to think that just when you have another mouth to feed, you've been cut off from your employment. Yes. Were there any movements afoot there? I know that in 1951, the Fair Employment and Practices Act and the Female Employees Fair Remuneration Act came in in Ontario. But was there anything to protect you at that time in the late 40s? Or were you basically hung out to dry? You were basically hung out to dry. You were indeed. And if Mm. I saw him on the street today, we'd be good friends. Oh. Because I don't don't think he really knew what he was doing. And uh, it wasn't long after that that Stan got finished his uh, schooling in uh, plumbing and the first thing first one he hired was Stan he was so sorry that he had let me go oh isn't that interesting yeah and Stan stayed there for something like 35 years and uh, worked his way up to vice president and uh, I guess he uh, retired from there he was 62 when he retired, and uh, we had a wonderful life because I, I retired about the same time from Green Shield. So we had a, a start of a wonderful retirement, and uh, we moved into our townhouse and loved it, just loved it. Uh-huh. And uh, it was just what we wanted. It was a townhouse with a basement and room for storage and a two-car garage. 
was what we wanted. So we were very happy in our retirement. I'm thrilled it turned out so well for you because mm -hmm. you, you certainly faced some tough times there in the employment field. Yes. It was very much a male-dominated environment in the 40s and 50s where a woman didn't have a career track. Uh, a man would, uh, would get the opportunities and the jobs and the women would be turned down, although probably better qualified and more capable. It's just because she was a woman and they didn't promote women and they didn't encourage it. No, no. Well, well done for you, Louise. Well, I'm very proud of my life, my work life. Good for you. And I tried really hard wherever I worked to do the best job I could. Yeah. And even today, Lloyd, I mean, we talk about the 40s and the 50s. Uh, the average Canadian woman, as of, uh, say, 2018, between the ages of 25 and 54, earn about 87 cents for every dollar earned by her male counterparts. So it's just like, mm, yeah. we're not quite there yet no. in the no. 21st century. No. Yeah, The glass ceiling is certainly still there. That's right. Yes, for sure. You said, Louise, that you had a wonderful retirement with your husband, Stan. Is he still with us, by the way? Yes, he is. He certainly is. <laughs> good, good. Because 62 is young to retire now. Yes. And, and there's the old adage that when your husband retires, you get twice the husband and half the paycheck. <laughs> but it, it sounds like you two kind of decided to set off on the road to retirement together. Did you have plans for your retirement? Like, did you just want to kind of move into that townhouse and really make it your own? Or did you want to travel? Or what did you, on all those days you went to work on a wintry morning, knowing yeah. you were making less than the guy next to you, what kind of things were the dream on the retirement horizon for you? And have they come true? No, not, we didn't have too many plans. It didn't bother me that the man next to me made more. That didn't bother me because uh, I knew that I had worked as hard as I could. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I worked harder than a lot of people that went ahead of me. It didn't bother me as long as I did the worst. You have a secret that most people have not discovered yet. Being content at the stage you're at. Being satisfied with who you are and what you possess. So many people are obsessed with uh, what the other guy is doing, what benefits they have. Yes. Contentment is so absolutely essential to a good life. Yes, I, I agree with that. I, for instance, I have a niece that lives out west, and she works. She's an RN, but she didn't want the RN, so she went to work in a funeral home. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, now she's having a problem keeping her job because she's about 60 and the funeral home would like her to quit. Oh. But she knows if she quits, she gets nothing. But if she hangs on till they let her go, she'll have a few dollars in her pocket. Oh. And uh, But they're not doing anything. They cut her down to two days a week. And she's living on two days a week. She's determined to stay there. Good for her. 
Uh, she's a dear girl, but she's single. She has no, no family, no children. So she's kind of lonesome too. Well, sometimes your career can be your life in so many ways. Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's a very famous saying from Hillary Clinton, not to confuse having a career with having a life. But I know that for me, for broadcasting, and probably for your niece, that this is her life. And when people just kind of look at a number or a figure and say, well, time for you to go, they don't <laughs> realize yeah. how much they're taking you out at the knees. As a matter of fact, this is something we're going to be discussing in our next podcast with Barry Hickling. We're going to be discussing ageism. Mm -hmm. And it really is sad, Louise, when you look at the human element of her having such a meaningful part, a calling for her Mm -hmm. taken away. She'll make out all right. It's just in in one way it's sad, and another way she's going to make her way. She'll be all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is the old saying that when one door closes, another one opens. But I've added to that that, you know, it's hell in the hallways. And sometimes mm-hmm. just waiting for that door to open or seeing what it's opening to oh. is the big challenge, isn't it? It certainly is a big challenge. Yeah. I'm sure that that's why it's so important to have a life outside of work, mm-hmm. to have your passions, to have your hobbies and things like that, Louise. And I know that for Lloyd, my co-host here, whom you're meeting today, Lloyd, you love to read and you love to learn and the things that you love to do. Maybe let Louise know what you love to do with your spare time, besides, of course, being a podcast co-host superhero. And <laughs> and then we'll sort of move into what Louise is doing and her passion, and it's wonderful. Go ahead, Lloyd. I enjoy anything to do with words, whether it's a crossword puzzle or a story or a letter to the editor. I also spent a lot of time preparing sermons and talks for my time here at the uh, village because I'm helping the chaplain since no guest guest ministers have been able to come in for several months. Oh, wow. So so words are my my forte. Yeah. So as Hamlet would say, it's words, words, words. Amen. And thank goodness for that gift with words and passion that you have for it, Lloyd, because it's brought you to us and to this here today. And speaking of words, I came across an article, and it's got a cringeworthy title, but it was called 11 Old Lady Hobbies It's Okay to Love in Your 20s. Now, these are hobbies that have been sort of pigeonholed as things that our grandmothers might have done, but that have become extremely popular in an age when everybody's sort of been isolated indoors. If it's not a sourdough starter, it's sewing your own masks. It's doing things like learning bridge and canasta and mahjong and all of these things that the busy, busy online internet obsessed among us, and I'm one of them, has made time for now. And there's so, you are way ahead of this, Louise, with your needlework, is it? Needlework, knitting, crocheting. Wow made lots of blankets and stuff. Help me with this. I'm I'm not a great I'm not a good knitter at all because I lose stitches like you can't believe. Mm. Um crocheting I like cuz you can kind of ad lib. Yes. But when I'm doing it, even if I'm watching the all news channels, I find it to be very zen, very meditative. How do you feel when you're doing your hobbies? Well, I'm usually busy on a pattern. Ah. I I usually work from a pattern of, mm-hmm. of some kind. 
I love knitting baby clothes. Mm. Uh-huh. I love, and I love making um, crocheting afghans, crocheting blankets. I've got so many now, I don't know what to do no. with them. <laughs> but I will find a, a girl that needs them, and I will give them away. There'll be so many worthy recipients, Louise. Just look around and listen. The maternity wards and the hospitals appreciate them. The food banks appreciate them. Yes. There'll be many that would just be so warmed by your love and generosity and that knitting, knit, the knitting skills. I love finishing things and I love giving them away. Mm. But I'm, I've given quite a few away. That's marvelous. I'm coming, I'm coming to the end now of things I've made because I can't make any more. Why not? Why won't you be making any more? Because my hands are arthritic. Oh, oh yeah. That... So I can't, can't navigate it anymore. Oh. But I love it. I love doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Louise Aaron mentioned that when that door closes, another one will open. And you're the type of person open to new adventures, new new challenges. Yes. Someday you'll be surprised by another opportunity. Just keep your eyes and ears open for it. Well, I'm, I will do that. But right now, uh, I have to spend more time with my husband because he's 95 and he is deteriorating. Oh. So I want to be with him. Oh, and rightly so. Yeah. yeah, and he wants me to be. If I'm away very long, he wants to know where I've been. Uh -huh. And we, we talk still, but his talking is getting very bad because he can't get the words out. Oh. There's, I guess there's a name for that. Yeah. But he's in a separate room. The people here tell me, now just don't go in his room as much. You've got to have a life of your own. That's what I'm trying to do, but it's very difficult. <laughs> well, when he has been your life, when he's been your partner since that love at first sight when you first met, or so you say about your stand, yeah. oh, um, yes. just staying away, how can that even be an option, I wonder? I can't imagine. I don't like it. No. I get really no. um, upset. And yet when I'm with him, he gets very irritable. I get irritable because he doesn't answer my questions mm -hmm. yeah. and he doesn't understand what I'm saying. No. And that's not very easy to take. <laughs> yeah. Louise, the very fact you're there and you're trying is so, so important. It's so much better than the, when there's no one there, no presence at all. So uh -huh. you're doing a good job, Louise, of being that faithful presence under very difficult circumstances. Yes, I love him dearly and I, uh -huh. I want to be with him. 73 years of marriage oh. is a long time. Wow. Yeah. And uh, we've done a lot of traveling. We love to travel. Yeah. But we can't do much now, but we talk about the trips we were on, uh -huh. what we've done together. It's lovely to have those precious memories. Yes, yeah. we do. And as long as I'm talking, he can understand me. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that's good. It's working out fine. But he wants to go first. And he 
the way he's going right now, he probably will. Mm. Uh-huh. Well, I'm planning on uh, what I'll do here. It's yeah. a lovely place to be, and I will be fine here as a, as a single. Mm. I'll just have to get used to not seeing him. Yeah. It'll work out fine. Oh. It's marvelous that you're in such a caring environment right now. Oh. You're surrounded by people who care for you and yes. can support you while you're supporting your husband. Yeah. The support network for the support network, Lloyd. You're so right. Absolutely essential. I wonder, Louise, as we talk about you not using your hands so much anymore and these memories of travels and trips, have you ever looked into scrapbooking? No, I never have. Ah, uh, because it's something my younger sister does, and it's quite a passion, actually, with her it's an obsession, but we'll talk about that another time. But it's just, you know, putting mm. the pictures into a place and with borders and messages, and it's almost like a legacy project, too, because who knows what happens to all these photos, all these memories, once another 10, 20 years goes by, right? Yeah. Are there any other hobbies that you, Lloyd, or you, Louise, have seen other people taking up, especially in this year just past, where it's been a matter of going inward instead of going out? What have you seen? Anything that sparks anything? Mm-hmm. There's several highlights that I've seen. I look at the door of my neighbor and see a, a changing scenario of uh, plastic canvas, where she seems to have a fitting piece for every season season of the year. And then I go a little further down and I see a, another door hang, hanging some lovely paper sculptures that uh, someone has created. So th- those two stand out. Then I go down the, my, the hallway on Main Street in my, in my residence and there's a magnificent display of stained glass that one of the residents has fabricated. Hmm. So there are a lot of fine, fine skills around. And the interesting thing is these are, the, peop- the people who have done these skills are up in their 90s now. And I, I don't know if there's a correlation between uh, staying youthful and hobbies or not. It's a, it may be just a coincidence, but I, I think a good hobby keeps the mind alert, keeps sharp, mm-hmm. gives, gives a reason for going on and uh, being active. That's very true. Well, certainly crocheting, and I'm sure that, Louise, you can attest to this, has been known to reduce the risk of Alzheimer's by 30 to 50 percent. So that's scientific. And further to your point, Lloyd, about what it does for us, I can't even tell you how many classes sitting quietly painting ceramics or hearing of others who join together to do stitching or quilting or whatever. It's just a time to work on what you're working on and share what's in your heart. It seems like some ancient circle of wisdom. Uh-huh. Do you have any advice for somebody who's thinking, you know, I'd kind of like to do that, but how do I learn? What is your tip for someone who wants to step into one of the old arts, yeah. like needlepoint or, or knitting and crocheting? I think having patience to stay with it and not just drop it and try something else, to stay with it until the project is finished and you're loving it. Thank you. Okay, you're most welcome. It's been a privilege. Oh, a pleasure for us. Louise, I just loved having you on the green bench with me. Thank you so much for sharing your experiences. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, 
It's a delight. Good. I'm glad I made you happy. <laughs> you certainly did. Seems like it's something you can do very easily. Thank you, Louise, for joining us today. Hey, Lloyd, we'll talk again, my friend. Okay. Looking forward to it. I, I, You know what? Maybe you and I should sign up on Words with Friends or something, since you're so good with words and you're doing the Scrabble thing online and all that. Actually, I'm not online with Scrabble. Good. I've tried a couple of times to get on. <laughs> But everyone has a dollar sign attached to it, and (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm a product of an earlier age where my favorite word is free. Ah, very good, very good. (laughs) How good that is. And how many points is the F? Isn't that a five-point letter? I think it is. I'm not sure. Okay, well, before this goes down an awfully different road, I think we'd better sign off. I I think so. (laughs) Thank you, Lloyd. And thank you, Louise. Okay, it's time to move on from the green bench, and we are so looking forward to our next chat. It's with Barry Hickling, a resident voice in the community for those who need one, especially in the age of ageism. I think it's going to be a fascinating chat, so I hope you'll join Lloyd and me again. Please subscribe for additional episodes every two weeks, and you'll be notified just as soon as they're up. We invite you to share your thoughts and opinions on social media using hashtag elderwisdom to help other people find us on this green bench. And if you can, just take a moment and rate and review the Elder Wisdom podcast. You can go to elderwisdom.ca to find the link. While you're there, take the Elder Wisdom Pledge. I did, getting ready for our next chat with Barry, and it was great. I'm Erin Davis. Thank you for your time, and we'll talk to you again soon. Your seat on the green bench is ready and waiting. Elder Wisdom, Stories from the Green Bench, is brought to you by Schlegel Villages, a complete continuum of care, offering independent living to long-term care, celebrating and honoring the wisdom of the elder. To learn more about us, please go to our website, schlegelvillages.com.